everybody. How are you? I totally <laughs> just pegged the recording <laughs> levels out of the gate. My name is Brandon. That guy right there, if you're watching, that guy right there is Jay to the MACD, Jordan McDonald. How are you, Jordan? Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> I'm trying intentionally not to peg these audio levels. But Sorry. I'm doing I totally, well. I was trying to do like a, you know, warrant circa 1990 thing. Wow. But I feel like that's not even accurate. Somebody's <laughs> going to call me on that and be like, you're full of it. Anyway, welcome to the Mondo Solution. We have already gone far afield into hair metal uh, from, the, from the late 80s, early 90s. Welcome to the show. This is the Mondo Solution where we talk all about marketing. And we talk to other marketers. Um, we talk to people who are business owners that want to kind of know, well, how do I how do I market my business? That is the point of the show. But before we get into anything else, I would like you dear listener or watcher or reader if you need you know to read these things um please click pause real quick thank you and oh i should have told you why you're clicking pause quick click pause (laughs) (laughs) go like follow and subscribe (laughs) now they're just gone and now they didn't get the message to come now that you're back from clicking pause (laughs) click pause again and subscribe we want you guys to subscribe and uh here's something that jordan i have not shared this with jordan but we are going to start here in the next month or so having some people on um that are kind of like specialized in particular areas of marketing that have great marketing stories of their own and so dear listener slash watcher if you would like to hear or read I guess watch anybody in particular, let us know who it is. Um, and also if you say somebody like Gary V and you don't provide an email address along with that, it's probably not going to happen. So there you go. Jordan, what do you think? Oh man, I'm blown away. You know, uh, I've been trying to get people on this show for years. Just <laughs> no, no, I'm <laughs> pumped. It will absolutely take this to the next level. Yes. And we need that. We need that. We need that. Yeah. The listeners have been demanding it and demanding. we must give the people what they want. Hey, stop it. Stop demanding it. <laughs> are okay, you, oh, sorry. are they outside the studio? Yes, that's demanding. <laughs> demanding Dan? Is that, I don't know. They're throwing. It might have been my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I hit, who could tell? Is that you, Gary V? <laughs> oh, it's my dog. <laughs> Is Gary V a person? Anyway. You don't know Gary V? Gary Vee? Oh, you, I thought you just made that up. Bro. <laughs> Bro. We got to have. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, listen, I'm going to write this down. I'll look into this after Gary V. Gary Vaynerchuk. I'm telling okay. you. Stick, stick, move. Or what? Jab, jab, punch, punch, jab. All those things. He's got books. Okay. He's a serial entrepreneur. Okay. Yes. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> I digress. So you're well. You're listening to episode 14 right now, and if you have gotten this far, congratulations! You get and the sword of yes. Amaramathama. Just kidding. No, you don't get anything. You get our thank you, <laughs> um, and you know that the last episode, Jordan. What did we talk about last episode? Oh uh, well, last episode we talked about all the intricacies and covered several examples behind rebranding fails there's so much going on there and there's plenty of examples but as you said right as we alluded to last time man we just got so in the weeds on fails that we forgot we need to have the polar opposite of this discussion today yep so today we're talking about branding success stories now when we were kind of doing a little bit of independent prep so frequently we will we will go Jordan will go look up uh, things on that topic. I'll go look up things on that topic and we come to come together. Some of the times those things cross over. Um, but 
what really happens is that we get a chance to look at how many things are out there because we realize, you know, we, we understand from a kind of an elemental level, like what is going to potentially fail. But I mean, I would say that let he who is without sin in terms of rebranding fails cast the first stone. Um, but it's really good to be able to come together, see how many things are there. And Jordan, this is what I was about to say before we started is I think that a successful rebrand you may it is one where you might notice that there's a rebrand, but it doesn't feel so jarring that you don't that you go wait who is that who and you have to take a second look. So my point being that the subtlety of that rebrand is part of the success of the rebrand in that the person doesn't just have to shift there. I mean, it'd be like Coca-Cola all of a sudden making everything that they did purple and you'd be like, what, what? Instead of Coca-Cola red, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, this isn't the animal planet here, right? No. Like where the logo all of a sudden has nothing to do with it. It's a different color. It doesn't even mention the words. Yes, there's a an homage to what an elephant is and a symbolic reference, but sure. Yes, absolutely. Yes. It, it can be more nuanced and yes. because of that be much more successful. Yep. And we're going to talk about seven ish of those today, because again, like it's hard to go. I mean, I guess we could do historical rebrands, but there there are things where branding wasn't as much the science as it is today, where I'm sure that um, the National Biscuit Company, all of a sudden rebranding to be Nabisco, you know. I thought you were pulling my leg there for a second, and then I realized <laughs> I shouldn't like even to? be talking right now. <laughs> we're in different places. How can I pull your leg? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but those rebrands, um, you just don't know. I mean, because at that point, at this point, I guess generation, generationally speaking, there aren't a whole lot of people floating around that uh, know that Eminem stood for Mars and Mars. I'm just kidding. I just made that up. It, I don't know what it stands for, but um, there are people that just the, the the earlier brands, the perception of those kind of just die away. Um, so. Yeah. We're not going. We're not going to antiquity. We're going we to are stay not. here in the relative historical past. Yeah. So Socrates in 1996 became Socrates <laughs> <laughs> when Bill favorite. and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out. <laughs> I think that was before 1996, though. <laughs> yeah, probably. What up, Socrates? <laughs> well, you know, movie. speaking of the 90s, do you yes. mind if I just dive into this? Do it. <laughs> okay. You're like, let me shut him up before he gets on a roll about unnecessary things. I have a segue, and it's right now, although I will make a brief aside. The first time I used the word segue uh, was in a high school paper in government class, and uh, I used segue, the object that you ride on that has two wheels, and you lean forward and backwards, and I got a big circle around it, and it said, What? <laughs> The teacher was not giving me credit for the word that I had intended on using. Bonus uh, points for anybody that can spell Segway. The the not by wheeled machine. Segui? I was like, Sieg? <laughs> what is this? What is so, Segui. Segui. <laughs> Back in the late 90s. I don't know. Yes. Have you heard have you heard Brandon of this beautiful little company called Apple? No, what no. A fruit company are they? Yes, yeah, yeah. And each <laughs> apple that you get is missing a piece, right? Uh, it's, but I get ahead of myself. <laughs> that's the used fruit store. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, half off. It's great. Right <laughs> next to number it. three and a half pencils. That's right. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read uh, just briefly. There's just a couple paragraphs from an article, and I'm referencing The Guardian. And I will provide this link um, in the show notes. So if you guys are interested in reading, uh, I'll provide that. So I'm just going to go through this article very brief and then just add a few uh, supporting points that I've dug up through my research, if that's all right with you, good sir. Yes, sir. All right. And just keep in mind, this article from The Guardian is from around 2015, and there will be a few updates that I make to it uh, after I read it. So with the success of the iPod and then the iPhone, Apple products are the pinnacle of 21st century cool, but it wasn't always that way. Back in the 90s, Apple products had about as much street cred as shell suits and Noel's house party. I really don't know what either of those are. Uh, okay. Thanks to SIF competition in the computer market from rivals IBM, Dell, and HP, the company came dangerously close to bankruptcy in 1997. It was up to, it was up to Chief Executive Steve Jobs to turn the company's fortunes around. His most important move in his mission to revamp Apple's NAF image for a new generation of tech lovers was to launch a clever advertising campaign called Think Different. The drive challenged customers to see Apple as a lifestyle choice, which reflected their own individuality. And it worked. Apple is predicted to soon be worth an estimated $1 trillion. $1 trillion. Um, so that was 2015. And as of 2020, they doubled that to a $2 trillion company. Um, Quote, Steve Jobs took a radical step by ruthlessly focusing on what made what made care what made people care about them. Sorry, I can't speak today and stop trying to emulate their competitors. He adds, if they had just carried on making the same computers at that point, it would have just been an ad campaign. But what they were signaling was a completely different change in tack, a really bold step into a new type of computer. It was about making the idea real enough, uh, real through what you say, what you do, and what you make. It's not just an empty claim. So if you don't recall, uh, look it up. Apple's logo was one of the things that they changed. And prior to this time in the late 90s, and I since before the late 70s, after the initial rebrand, we're not going to go into, into the depths on that <laughs> one. We touched upon it briefly in the last episode. It used to be a really, really ornate logo back in you know that the first iteration. Uh, but... From late 77 to late 97 or so, the logo was a colorful apple. I believe it had six shades, horizontally delineated. Um, and so one of the first things that they did was that they modified this to be monochromatic. And what else did they do to that logo, Brandon? Took a bite out of it. They took a bite out of it. Just like that dog that fights crime, right? He takes a bite out of crime. <laughs> McGruff. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's from the 90s, right? Yeah. Uh, and earlier. Uh, what Apple also did was they introduced a new lineup of computers. And I'm sure most of you have seen these. Uh, they were bright and beautiful iMacs, right? They came in all these candy colors. It, they were hard to miss. And they were everywhere. And... Uh, they had this thing, different campaign, which had these really intense quotes that tried to promote the sense of innovation and creativity uh, that was the underlying spirit of Apple as a company. Um, and so, yeah, so as I said, they went from, uh, uh, well, that, that's one thing. Uh, so the revenue, it, because of the rebrand specifically, their revenue increased from $5.7 billion in 98 Wow. to 7.98 billion just two year just one year later it, they increased over 
over two over two right two point two point three billion two point yeah three billion dollars and their market share increased two percent from four to six and here we are many years later in 2019 apple's named the world's most valuable company by forbes um so yeah and i don't there's a few other things that i remember about that time, I mean, Apple was facing some serious headwinds. Uh, Steve Jobs had gotten kicked out in like the mid late '80s. Uh, he was no longer around. The people that were running the show decided to go in on like utilitarian, just focus on the business segment, don't do anything risky. Uh, and so Apple had lost almost all of their market share uh, in in the consumer and business markets by the time the late '90s rolled around. And, and you know, Apple's facing Microsoft. Uh, this big giant, all of a sudden they came out of nowhere and all of a sudden this was a huge competition. So for them to turn around, I I believe it's not unfair to say a lot of people thought quite accurately that Apple's days were numbered Mm -hmm. uh, back in the late 90s. And yeah, as we all know, (laughs) who doesn't have an iPhone or know somebody that has an iPhone? I think enough is said. Yeah, and I and I think that so first, let me say that the Walter Isaacson uh, biography of Steve Jobs is awesome, um, <clears throat> and he was actually writing it as Steve Jobs was dying, like dying, um, and <clears throat> they go into some of the design aspects, kind of his Bauhaus and like very Isimiyaki inspired design, right? Kind of a minimal minimalist, a little bit industrial, um, that sort of thing. So they talk about things from a design standpoint because with the blueberry right? The big fruit colored, like the jewel tone, not, not jewel tones really, but just very bright colored. It was all the same colors that were in the Apple logo, right? Um, they were thinking outside the box. Everything at that point was gray. I mean, every Apple computer was this, I had a two E Apple two E, which if I had hold on to it would be worth a lot of cashish today. Uh, but it was like this, gray was a beige gray beige i have a two c on my shelf over there yeah (laughs) it's the best dude (laughs) mine was the one with the had the side number keyboard right so i think that's the two e um anyway you had to most many times you had to get a monitor separately and then they came out the macintosh the og macintosh in the early 90s right um so this was a complete departure from that and then excuse me for those youngsters in the crowd, um, the notice I said crowd because all of you are subscribed by this point. Um, they had pivoted and also started producing all of these other products. Now, the iPod, which isn't even made anymore, was probably one of the more iconic things. And Apple actually light they bought some would say stole that technology from was it Xerox or Xerox had the mouse, but they, Mm, they took that technology. Right. Um, and what they were doing was creating kind of an all in one hardware software or hardware suite of products. So that I think was one of the biggest ingenious things is that, yeah, you could use your iPhone today. I mean, many people who have an iPhone can use it with their PC if they need to plug it in or previously, um, now, I can't think of the last time I plugged my iPhone into my computer, but that was a thing that happened. Uh, but you could also have it to where it's much more seamless with an Apple product. All your photos sync up, all your notes, all your messages. Like if I want to text Jordan, 
I, because we both have iPhones, I can go into my messages app on my MacBook Pro, which I'm talking to you guys on right now, and send a message directly from that. Your camera is in there. Although the OG iSight camera with the, we talked about this in a different oh, yeah. episode. Oh yeah, where it's like the Swiss cheese barrel. Gosh, that thing sick. Was, it was sexy. It really <laughs> yeah. was. Oh, yeah. um, but now it's completely integrated. You don't have to walk around with another thing with a cable. Um, but their rebrand uh, was great, and I think that you know love him or hate him because he's kind of a narcissist uh steve jobs was what drove that i mean he took classes he talks about taking or in the book they talk about how deep he got into like uh chinese calligraphy or something like this um and so it's fascinating how it was like design rules everything around me and, and actually until not that long ago all of the signatures of all the original Apple crew was on the inside of each of their computers. It was just kind of, I mean, obviously part of the mold because they're not sitting there <laughs> in China being like, hold on, guys, my Sharpie just ran out. <laughs> but, but it was there. Um, and so, yeah, that, that biography is, I'm Jordan, I'm assuming, being oh, the yes. fanboy that I've, you are, you've read, read it. it. Uh, yep. I wish I had more quotes that came to mind, but one always does stick with me. <laughs> and that was, and I, I think it's pretty, I'll, I'll make a two point argument here and then we can move Please. on from, from Apple one. Yes. He was instrumental to this. Um, <clears throat> two, I, I might have three points Two, It would have been one thing to make these logo changes to spend all this money coming out with new ads and a new campaign, uh, and just really fighting to stay alive uh, without being backed by like working hardware, hardware that not yeah. only works, but didn't just like fail at high rates. I mean, a lot of the things they were doing were insanely risky. The iPod, nobody had ever used that size hard drive. I think it's like a 1.8 inch hard drive in that quantity ever. Yeah. Uh, especially in such a device that's going to be like abused and it needs to be as shock resistant and survive as possible. And, and that, uh, that LCD screen at that size, I mean, it was, I, I think the reason they made the iPod, the original one, the, the size it was is because that was the, the smallest or the largest LCD they could get that worked and met their power requirements for the battery. It, mm -hmm. Anyway, a lot of things could very well have gone wrong. Uh, during this during this rebrand period, but they nailed it, and I think this goes to the point, I, the quote that I was originally thinking of, and that is when Steve Jobs, as a kid with his stepdad, um, was painting the fence, and he was like, "Steve, I'm paraphrasing. Steve, we need to paint the backside of the fence." And he's like, "Well, no, he's gonna see it, Dad." And he's like, "No, it's just as important." Uh, and so, Mr. Jobs have has carried that with him, you know, throughout his life, he carried it with him, right? The, the idea that the inside should be as paid attention to from mm -hmm. the manufacturer's standpoint, even though most people are not going to open any of their products ever. Right. Uh, right. But everything should have its place. It's kind of like a Marie Kondo thing. Now it's like everything should have its home and it should be in that home, right? Cables should be neatly organized. Everything should be efficient. Even if nobody's going to see it. Do you know, funny. So we have these anecdotal things. Um, I saw this thing the other day and I'm also paraphrasing, but it was when they were making the original iPod, which for those of you that know the technical side of that, that was not, I mean, it, it, it changed everything. Like I had a, a disc man 
okay, <clears throat> that could actually play MP3 discs. Sweet. So you could put a, an MP3 CD in there, and it would show this little crappy LED or LCD display. It was really terrible. To know. You had to know where you were going in the thing. But point is, it could hold a lot of music. And then the original iPod came along, and I remember the first time I saw one, and I was like, wait, so this plays music? And I was like, oh, oh, so how do you get your songs on there? They're explaining. I was like, so how many songs? It was like 10,000. I was like, what? <laughs> but my tape over there only has like 13 by Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> what are you talking about? So it changed everything. But when he was designing it, they, they're looking at it in one of their engineering meetings. Again, this is this kind of apocryphal story that I heard. And they're like, uh, he's like, can it be made smaller? And they're like, no, 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 no. And he goes, he takes it after a minute of sitting there looking at it. And he walks over, this is the iPod, to an aquarium in the office and throws it in the aquarium. And everybody's like, what the hell did this guy just do? <laughs> and, and bubbles start coming out. And he goes, you see those bubbles coming out of there? That means there's space. Make it smaller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> yes. I, is I love the only prototype. <laughs> and, and there's something, by the way, philosophical in the making the inside as good as the outside. Kardashians did not get that memo, but whatever. <laughs> oh, yikes. Oh, shade. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Uh, they just subscribed, Brandon. <laughs> they did. Damn it. Sorry, Kim. <laughs> what up, Courtney? Hey, Ray J. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So I'm going to pivot here. Hey, uh, Ray J. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into my next example because I have a great sequitur, um, not a non sequitur. I don't an actual sequitur, and that is so today. Actually, I'm not sure if she's still employed at Apple, uh, but Angela Arends, she led to she came into Apple at a time where they were looking to expand retail retail dramatically, and she was pivotal in doing that. But before she got that role at Apple, she was. She was like, I don't know if she was CEO. <laughs> of course, I should know this. Uh, she was a big, big person over at Burberry. She was, uh, yeah, chief executive. Yeah, she was. Um, so she started back there. And that's where we're going with our next example of Burberry's rebranding success. Uh, and so once again, I'm going to read just this brief sub article about Burberry's uh, rebranding. Just over 10 years ago, and this is in 2015, so they're referring to 2005. Burberry's famous check design was banned in pubs and clubs from Aberdeen to Leicester for its association with hooliganism. And yes, I did practice saying that British town's name. It's not like Chester. No, it's Leicester. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have Googled it. They won the Premier League like three years ago, and it was quite the shock. Leicester. 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 But so admirable effort sorry continue thank you thank you i was like man i spent i spent two weeks there i should know so it's not good when your brand's associated with hooliganism which is such a british word damn Uh, (laughs) now today we fast forward uh the company boasts brand ambassadors including emma watson from harry potter and cara delavine what's behind the transformation well as i mentioned earlier Angela Arends, former chief executive of the fashion label, is credited with steering Burberry from baseball caps to high fashion. After she took over in 2006, she handed creative control to Christopher Bailey, 
and bought back 23 licenses Burberry had sold to allow other businesses to use its check on anything and everything. During her time at Burberry, the company value rose from 2 billion British pounds to more than 7. Claire Ritchie, Director of International Fashion Studies at the London College of Contemporary Arts, highlights two strategies that have worked particularly well for Burberry's renaissance, use of technology and personalization. Burberry is a brand that comes up time and time again when promoting good practice. They have been very clever in terms of how they have integrated technology into their brands, she says. Quote, the art of the trench campaign is a really good example of a clever use of social media. Luxury brands are predominantly about heritage, tradition, and craftsmanship. So it's about how you balance that with technology. In terms of personalization of the product itself, you can order straight from the catwalk and have your initials or name etched into the garment's labels. So, yeah, if we take a step back, right, we looked at Angela's uh, tenure and how the company value went from two to seven billion British pounds. Uh, and if we zoom out just a little bit, in 2001, they were only, uh, their revenue was at 215 million British pounds. And then it went to 2 billion by that same time in uh, later, by that same time of year in 2017. So uh, it's, it's fascinating to think that this company, you know, they were, they sold these licenses thinking that it would lead to greater revenue and it perhaps for a time it did. I don't have any hard stats on that, but I'm sure that the reason is always money at some level. Yep. Uh, and, but it, it bit them. It bit them because, because then all of a sudden their famous pattern was being put on just anything and everything and, and hooligans and dangerous people of the night were using them and, and causing all sorts of havoc and then being photographed, I'm imagining, or being at least seen wearing them, which created a really negative brand connotation, which I, it's honestly kind of surprising that they were able to eschew um, all of that negativity, all of those connotations, and then come out to where they are today. Yeah. So I think that the, so the licensing thing to me is always very interesting because um, you, you, when you start doing that, you try, I, I think you try to kind of issue quality controls around that to say, well, it can be used, but only for this, only for this, only for this. Um, but at some point, it's kind of Cass Sunstein's nudge theory. At some point, somebody's going to go, oh, well, can I use it to do this thing? Can I use it for, uh, you know, you, you're going to go, oh, well, I'm going to use it not just in trench coat, but I'm going to use it like so the Burberry check for those of you that don't know um, is a very famous kind of a brown plaid is what it boils down to. Very, very famous. You would recognize it instantly. But <clears throat> if you go, well, it can only be used in licensed trench coats and they go, how about just like a rubber raincoat? Okay. Okay. Fine. A rubber raincoat, still a raincoat, still a trench, same cut, right? Okay. Well, then how about this parka? And then all of a sudden you got a Brewery check members only jacket, which I love a good members only. <laughs> members jacket. only. I have one. <laughs> it's a flashback. No way. Yes, my wife got it for me, me for my birthday time. a few years. Oh. I will. Um, like retro, so, like retro, straight like not, up. Not not vintage. Or, Royal or vintage blue. or retro. Royal blue. It's got oh. the, the thing, so I can keep the tighten it around the neck. Keep the burr. Keep the burr out. <laughs> keep the burr. burr um, but one of the things that is interesting is that people people are going. You lose quality control, and then people your brand starts to become associated with other things. And it, actually, a good movie to watch, or I guess you could read the book around it, is around Roy Kroc and the founding of McDonald's. It's a movie called The Founder. Have you ever seen it, Jordan? I haven't. It's on my to do. 
Oh, it's so good. And one of the, that's one of the things. So the McDonald brothers, they have this very inline system. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. And there's kind of a bit of a retribution around it because Roy Kroc kind of sees this. Um, I mean, they paint him in a, they do a good job of he's a villain at one point he's kind of a hero at one point they do a good job of kind of walking that line but that's part of what they did is that you have mcdonald's here is what you serve for instance their menu and this is what it's going to cost and this is how many onions go on it this is how many pickles go on it this is how much ketchup all these things and it's not burger king it's not have it your way right now or whatever it is your way right away <laughs> but it's like here's what you get and so then he was Roy Kroc. This is when he was selling the franchises. Um, he was going around the country and he would find, well, this one is selling uh, tacos. And he'd be like, what? Just taco. And this is in yeah. the 1950s, right? So it's not like McDonald's experiment with a taco, but it was, <laughs> it was like Jordan who bought uh, this franchise was like, oh, we're going to have yeah. barbecue too. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just, and they would sell things that were not part of the deal. Like if they had a licensing deal with Coke, so they only sold Coca-Cola products, they were like, oh, well, we're selling A&W root beer too. And they're like, no, this is what you do. Um, anyway, and it's interesting because now at the end of that movie, not to give you too much of a spoiler, I don't think it's really a spoiler. It's a, um, McDonald's still exists. <gasps> <laughs> um, no. But they turn into a real estate company. Because what's on the land doesn't really matter. You control what's on the land if you own the land. So it's very, very interesting. It's a great movie. And But that to that point is that they, in the movie, they show them starting to go down this kind of bastardization, if you will, of their Cornerstone brand. And I think that's the big thing with Burberry. And then Burberry had to get back. <clears throat> if it's accessible to everybody, and we talked about this in scarcity marketing, if it's accessible to every single person for... Oh, well, you need a Burberry toothbrush? Go over here to CVS and get it. What? No, it has to be very clearly defined that this is a premium product and a luxury brand and you are paying for the label. And this is who wants that. You don't go buy a Burberry. If you need a raincoat and you don't have like a $15,000 a week payday, you're probably not going to go buy a Burberry raincoat. <clears throat> so I think that all of those things and having to redefine the brand back around um, those individual points is probably uh, where they succeeded. And they did. And their whatever their revenue is today, would you say it was? Yeah, up to uh, 2 billion British pounds in 2017. So more than that. That's like 50 grand in 2022 dollars, 323 dollars, <laughs> thanks to inflation. So they're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> On the up and up. On the up and up. Woohoo! Okay. So now I have got a few of these suckers. Okay. So, did you get that link that I sent you there, Jordan? Yes, sir. I'm looking at it. Cool. So, the first thing uh, is Petco. So, we're going to run through five of these really quickly. Uh, again, we'll, we will have a link to this article. This is from HubSpot. In 2020, October 2020, Petco released an announcement declaring it would no longer sell electronic shock collars. The announcement was used to highlight the company's rebranding efforts. The pet store, which is over 50 years old, was officially rebranding itself as a health and wellness company for pets. The pet store redesigned Petco's homepage as well as their app to focus on their new initiatives, including health and wellness resources for pet parents, a right food finder tool to help parents, pet parents, identify the healthiest foods for their pets, <clears throat> excuse me, and an extended range of pet health care and insurance offerings. 
And I think doesn't uh, Banfield or maybe I'm thinking Pet Smart, where they actually have now veterinarians in many of their locations. Um, the company also redesigned their logo, opting for simple blue and white design over their previously uh, previously signature red and blue cat and dog uh, to mix reviews. Nowadays, many American pet owners treat their animals as members of their family, so Petco's rebranding made a lot of sense. The company aims to use their new branding to reestablish itself as a leading health and wellness brand for animals. The new design uh, better reflects the brand's more holistic approach to animal wellness, and uh, including a dedicated landing page that outlines how to take care of your pet's mental, physical, and social health. What the hell? All right, this is a bit much. But what's interesting to me, <clears throat> and I heard a podcast about this recently, was... Um, about pets more broadly. So this podcast was about veterinary medicine, 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 medicine in the United States. And it's really interesting because it was not that long ago in the grand scheme that if you had your dog on your couch, somebody would be like, what happened? What <laughs> happened? Why are you up there? Why is there an animal in your house? Um, I mean, this is a relatively recent phenomena. You know, it was that veterinary medicine existed simply to make sure that your livestock was um, able to do its job so that you could make money and what have you or, or provide for your family. So it, it really started as large animal veterinary care, which only recently, and by recently, I mean probably less than the, uh, maybe the last hundred years, if that has uh, evolved into, uh, I know people who spend way too much money on a guinea pig but <laughs> literally i'm like are you serious but whatever They're very nice so <laughs> anyway i think it's a great brand and i think that that what that does in rebranding not just the logo but you're you're anthropomorphizing i said that right right yes you're anthropomorphizing the services that it offers oh I need health and wellness. Mm -hmm. I need social health, whatever the hell that is. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway, but uh, you're taking that and you're, you're asking the person, the human being, the pet parent, as they say, mm -hmm. um, to relate to the care that you take of care of yourself, to the care that you want your pet taken care with thoughts. Yeah. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Uh, Do it. so first of all, I didn't realize this rebrand had gone down. I am not shopping there anymore. I'm just kidding. That's, that's not the case. No, no, no. I, I didn't realize, I didn't know they changed the logo. So first, uh, have you seen the logo? I, I don't know if it's shown in that article, but right. They went from uh, the, the wording, the lettering, the font. It's very much the same. It's almost, yep. almost identical. Ex almost. They did change it slightly, uh, but yep. it went from a, a red, maybe a reddish orange wording for or, uh, coloring for the word Petco uh, and then a blue cat and a red dog next to each other to just being Petco, the word by itself. And, you know, like a dark blue, maybe black. Uh, I think it's a dark blue. Yeah. Um, so. So first of all, yeah, it's still recognizable as we were talking about at the top of the show. It is possible to achieve um, to achieve a successful rebranding as long as you're not too dramatic. And so this is a pretty nuanced mm -hmm. um, rendition of their original logo. Th that being said, I'm wondering why they got rid of 
the dog and the cat. I'm wondering why it went to from like binary, if you will, to kind of like a non-binary logo. I mean, um, I guess so, enough people know Petco. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the word, right? Petco. Uh, yeah. So that's just my first take. Do you have any thoughts on that? It's still so the dog and cat are still there. If you go to oh, Petco, Petco.com. What am I looking at? Um, if you go to Petco.com, you just don't see their whole body. It's minimized in that it's a blue background, that navy blue, that deep navy blue, with a white kind of like line line art of the dog and the cat, but just their heads. Are are we looking at the <clears throat> same Petco.com? I'm looking. Uh, hold on. Yeah. Do you not see it? Uh, it oh. only shows it only shows like the hamburger menu icon, and then the word Petco, and then like the arbol. <laughs> Hold on, let me share my screen. With you. <laughs> Hold on, prove it. Actually, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, here, I'll I try to share my screen. Maybe no, browser, my browser. Right? Needs yeah, permission. you have to go. Yeah, I mean Petco.com, right? Yeah, here I know how I can show you. <laughs> Which, I'm going to get all fancy, so I can show you without. I'm going to switch my camera. I mean, I, I believe you. Oh, whoa. No, I'm going to try to... We're doing this in real time, people. This is really happening. <laughs> Cutting edge. I'm going to turn it into... No, it's not going to let me because we're recording. I was going to put it to my iPhone. So yeah, can, that's okay. I'm looking oh, well. up... the. In, uh, okay. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> the dog and cat are still there, but it's just their heads. Uh, okay. I found, uh, I found a Petco Park that has that logo. Um, <laughs> oh man, hold on. I just, I just have to see this on another computer to make sure it's not like okay. a, a Mac thing. I know you're on a Mac too. I'm on okay. A- okay. So it hides, it's the width of the browser, right? It's the viewport. Ah. So as soon as it gets narrower than a certain number of pixels, it cuts out. So it's like, it's yes. I think that's just on the page, but it's not actually part of their logo uh-huh. um, or else it would still be there when you shrunk it. Oh, I see um, it. I just interesting yeah anyway uh but one other point i wanted to make was i love dogs i love pets they're they're worth it um you should adopt if you can um health and wellness as with anything not to be like super selfish sounding but it's i think it goes without being said that you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of others, right? At least at some level, um, or you need to be stable enough uh, to to take care of your your children or your pets. Um, so the idea of the promotion of health and wellness for the pet parents, of course, of course, uh, how could how could anybody say that's a bad idea when it should, in most cases, lead to increased health and life for our pets. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and then in conjunction with that, if you look at Google trends for the term health and wellness, uh, since, and they don't give exact numbers in the trends, it's kind of just a, a relative identification since 2004, the, the searches, uh, the popularity of the, the health and wellness search term has quadrupled, uh, at least. Um, so, and, and when did this go down? You said 2020 was when yes. they shifted. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was just a couple short years ago. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's, that was right there, right, right in that span of quadrupling. So it makes sense. You know, maybe I, I think it's all positive. I like it. I just, I'm just wondering why they got rid of the dog and the cat. If, if that's not actually their logo, but I will table that. <laughs> got it. You should send Joe Petco a letter. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Joe, it's just Joe at Petco.com. I thought it was Pete. Pete at Petco. 
No, Pete. I mean, Pete now identifies as Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Send the letters, y'all. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so the next thing is Adobe. Uh, okay. So <clears throat> the Adobe Creative Cloud. I'll read about this. And then, Jordan, I know you know this because you, you, <laughs> you are intimately involved uh, with intimately. the Adobe Creative Suite. Yeah. Uh, in May 2020, <clears throat> excuse me, Adobe released a blog post titled Simply Evolving Our Brand Identity. The article dives into the decisions behind Adobe Creative Cloud's rebranding and states we are making these branding changes to ensure our portfolio continues to be easy for our customers to navigate and understand as well as maintain a fresh look and feel. Among other things, Adobe Creative Cloud redesigned its company logo. Uh, logo redesigned uh, their logo to an all red logo with warmer hues. It's creative cloud logo. The new logo uses a colorful rainbow esque gradient to represent the importance of creativity. Uh, the colors in the logo are pulled together from various Adobe products, as well as their new Adobe red logo, uh, the product logos. So each individual thing. So the company is adding three letter mnemonics. Uh, so for instance, Photoshop is PS and Photoshop cameras, PSC or Lightroom camera, LRC. The designers also use colors to organize products and categories. <clears throat> Excuse me. The corners of all logos are now rounded to fit across a variety of devices and operating systems. The redesign successfully highlighted and organized the many product offerings of the Adobe Creative Cloud. For instance, when you navigate to video product page on Adobe's website, you'll see all apps within the video category are similar shades of blues and purples. For instance, like Premiere, right? Or what up, Premiere is that kind of like purple. I mean, it's purple. Right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> while some designers have expressed frustration over the new logos and color similarities, it makes sense that the brand felt it necessary to organize their products better. With a catalog of over 50 products, it can feel overwhelming to choose the right ones for your needs. The updated logos should make it easier to pick and choose. And I, I will say, uh, so for instance, uh, Lightroom and then Photoshop, they're the same logo. One just says PS and one says LR. And then there's Lightroom Classic. And what is really the difference between those things? Um, oh, I can on tell top you. What's that? I can tell you. Oh, no, no. I, I know the difference <laughs> from a product standpoint. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there's that. At a they glance. Just, they just yeah. didn't even bother to change <laughs> the color. Um, although, it's, yeah. I, I, I think it's like a category. It's like that family of products. Yeah, but if you go into graphic design, for instance, you've yeah, got Illustrator, Photoshop, and InDesign, and they're all over the place. Yeah, um, Illustrator is orange, InDesign's red. Yeah, video purple. is all purple, like Premiere Rush, Premiere Pro, uh, Illustration, so Illustrator, Fresco. What the hell is that? Oh, there's so many products. Ooh, I'm going to have to find out what Fresco is all about. Anyway, um, what also I think one of the biggest changes that Adobe kind of dealt with at that time, and hey, I could be very, very wrong about this, <clears throat> but I don't think so, is that they were going from this thing where when you would get Photoshop and people not in marketing or people not in design, not that I am in design, but <clears throat> I know enough about these things um, and I have them all. So that helps. Um, you would get Photoshop. You would pay a thousand dollars for it or whatever. It was not cheap, you know. And then you would just have it on your computer. Well, about, was it probably 10 years ago, give or take, Adobe shifted toward the creative cloud model where you're 
yeah. paying for subscription, right? <clears throat> and then what's what's the advantage of that is from Adobe's side, it's I mean, they they now have you on subscription. If you want to use this, here you go. You don't really own the product. Um but you can use it offline. You can use it online. Uh, you can store your photos in their version of the cloud or your own version of the cloud. They can then upsell, cross or upsell you into their stock footage, stock imagery, whatever, fonts, all these potential upsells. But th- moreover, it also allows the ability for like uh, After Effects, for instance, right? So After Effects is kind of a graphics tool, a, a, a motion graph, MoGraph tool. Uh, to be able to create a d- dynamic link, literally called Adobe Dynamic Link from After Effects directly into Premiere, right? So Premiere is a video editing product. And then also to take your uh, sound, the sound from Premiere, kick it over to Ado- Adobe Audition, which is a sound editing tool, and then re-bring it and then correct it over in Premiere or Audition and bring it back into Premiere. And then you used to be able to, now they built this into Premiere, you used to be able to what's called speed grade, as you, I'm telling you, Jordan, all these things that you already know, which would be color correct, right? So if, if you're doing a particular thing and you want something to look ominous and or you know like texas chainsaw massacre or something you know a good example actually is if you go and you look at uh the movie 300 granted that was done in final cut a lot but a lot of that was done with tools like this where there are kind of these dynamic links between those things so i think that it was a complete shift and i think that has more to do with it i i, I agree that I, it is cool to be able to see things lumped together, but what's weird to me is that like, and I'm looking at it right now, like, okay, so all apps, let's see. So if you're, if you're under the photo category, it's all purple because they're all photos because that is a thing. Graphic design is kind of a practice as opposed to a particular thing. Therefore they're different. That part seems incongruous to me, but whatever. I still like the redesign um, and I like the fact that everything just has two letters. You don't have to guess based on mm-hmm. like, how would you, how would you, no pun intended, illustrate illustrator in like a logo, a, a line art piece. If it's Photoshop, you just put a camera, but then how do you differentiate between that Lightroom? Mm-hmm. It's, know? it's tough, right? With a company with so many different software product offerings, they had to do something uh, akin to what they were already doing. Right, they yep. they, they lopped off, lopped off the corners, made them rounder. Yep. Uh, no longer are the boxes, you know, uh, surrounded by a certain color. But needless to say, I did have a few points on this. Um, right, it's it's pretty significant since '93. Adobe has used, I mean, their logo has been that red Adobe A with mm-hmm. with the white. Right, that's and if we're talking about this occurred in 2020, that's 27 years of using that logo. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that logo like still <laughs> does it does. Do they still use that logo on their official website? Like I, I know what the creative crowd cloud icon is. Yeah, they do actually. So they still yeah, use that so. Adobe a, um, it's just not, it's just not everywhere. Um, but yeah, but that being said, absolutely. I think they used this opportunity, even though they had been selling subscription packages since 2012, I think in 2020 when they were fully pushing into all of this, and I think that might've been around the same time when they finally got rid of uh, any product that you could buy that did not require a subscription. I think that was a great time to make all these changes uh, to the logo, to, to revamp Creative Cloud, 
Um, and it, it's a great, it's a great product suite. There's a lot of, there's a lot of tools in there. And yeah, once they have you, they kind of have you because in many ways it, in many ways, not every way, but in many ways they own the entire market for, mm-hmm. for many things. Yes. You look at, uh, you look at Photoshop. Yeah, sure. There's like Pixelmator. I mean, there's a few out there that are absolutely competitive. You look at Premiere Pro. Yeah, there's people in the film industry. There's people in Hollywood that swear by that. There's others that swear by DaVinci Resolve in increasing numbers. There are people that swear by Final Cut Pro. And of course, uh, there are the the diehards that that use that other one that I'm conveniently forgetting. Um, but avid, needless to say, avid, right? avid, yeah, avid, avid pro. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, anyway. So, but in many ways, Adobe is the go-to. And when they make it so integrated as you're mm-hmm. describing being able to say edit you're in this application and say edit in this application and then you save it and it syncs immediately back to the first application why would you why would you want to leave yes <laughs> so it's it's an example of a company that they probably could have done anything with their branding um and from a visual perspective in my opinion uh and still would it, anything would have worked out because people weren't going to switch from their product just because it's still amazing, but the logo looks totally different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I agree with you. And, and, and if I'm being honest, I don't know enough about kind of some of those things, but I think that kind of getting that more cohesive look and feel is what's most important. You do feel like that and you create some sort of brand loyalty. It's almost like, uh, I, I mean, it's like having the Apple logo. Apple literally for a long time, not to kind of cross over too much, but Apple would include and probably still does stickers because you're oh, so proud do. of what you were yeah. using. Yeah. That you would put the sticker on your car or whatever. I, I never did that, but I'm not really a bumper sticker guy much of the time. So there you go. Uh, Starbucks. <clears throat> so over the years, Starbucks, one of the most valuable brands in the world has proven the true power of a good brand. I'm so of- sorry to interrupt you. You can, yeah. you can, absolutely hate me i just felt Do like it. i wanted to mention at least one statistic oh about, please about good like, lord i'm so sorry you know i i um because i was just thinking like there's yeah how do we know it was successful right like yes it was, was a rebrand but yes. was, it, was it successful and i just have one anecdote here and I, I feel terrible about cutting you off don't, um, don't i'm very bad. canadian at heart son of a gun <laughs> so um yes so uh, yeah, so Adobe reported strong financial uh, results in Q4 of 2020, which uh, with a record revenue of $3.42 billion, representing a 14% increase over the previous year. So w- whether or not that was, you know, tangential or directly related, business improved. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you're, you're exactly right. And that's a great point. Um, and one of the things that I'm going to bring up here in a moment uh, with Starbucks isn't really <laughs> going to give a statistic either. So if you want to find one of those I'll while find I it. read I'll this, find that'd it. be good. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. It's like, what determines success? Is it success because Brandon and Jordan say so? Probably. But also because, because revenue is generated on the other end of that equation, right? Also, we're geniuses. I don't know if we mentioned that. <laughs> Um, so Starbucks, <laughs> oh my God, Starbucks, the bucks, Sbucks. <laughs> over the years, Starbucks, one of the most valuable brands in the world, 
has proven the true power of a good brand. And one of the telltale signs is a good brand of a good brand is the ability to consistently innovate and push the boundaries rather than settling for what's already working. In 2020, Starbucks released its Starbucks Creative Expression Brand Expression Guide. Among other things, the site focuses on Starbucks to find voice, typography, and logo in an effort to create consistency across channels and Starbucks locations. In a few words, Starbucks aims to create a brand that is open, creative, carefree, and modern. On the voice page, for instance, it reads, We are confidently turning down the volume of competing messages to elevate experience removing obstacles in the way of people finding exactly what they seek at Starbucks. The brand, or excuse me, the guideline adds, when we have the space, we tell a passionate coffee story. But even with just a few words, our copy can make you smile. Similarly, Starbucks recently rebranded its logo to the simple siren logo without the Starbucks coffee word uh, wordmark wrapped around it. The company notes, the preferred approach is to use the siren logo by itself, unlocked from the wordmark, this allows flexibility to present the siren with greater prominence while maintaining a considered open excuse me a considered open and modern presentation ultimately this most recent starbucks rebrand is simple and effective rather than moving too far in the opposite direction of the brand's roots the company sticks to its fundamental company vision while making slight alterations to continue serving the needs and preferences of its consumers so here's an interesting so before the logo piece uh, which I want to get to because I think we, we joked about that. This thing that I saw recently, they were like, uh, 2020, the Starbucks logo looks like this. By 2040, it's going to be just a green like, dot. Yeah, zooming <laughs> yeah. in ever, forever. Yeah, it's going to look like the Obey thing from Shepherd Fairy. <laughs> um, so from a experiential standpoint, I know a lot of people that... I know a lot of people, that's all. Um, <laughs> I know a lot of people who have specifically said to me, I don't particularly love Starbucks coffee, the product, but I know what I'm getting. It is consistent. You know that when you go in, people are going to be friendly, except for New York, and you're going to have the same coffee. Now, whether it tastes good, bad, or indifferent, it's going to be the same, and you're used to it. And I think that Starbucks plays on that. You know it's going to be consistently made. The ingredients are the same, whether you're in uh, Longmont, Colorado, where I am, or you're in Los Angeles, California. Why would you be there? I don't know. But if you were, you could get the same exact Starbucks drink. And if no you are pop. there, share, like, and subscribe. That's right. And also check your six because somebody's probably going <laughs> to mock you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just I think that the consistency of what they offer it seems to me that that's one of the things they were doing with this rebrand was not just having the consistency in their product offering but bringing the consistency um with their messaging right along with that and i really like that a lot you know absolutely um i was unable to find any statistics okay. about this and to be fair in in many ways i this is a great example for bringing up the topic of define rebrand, right? Mm -hmm. Because they didn't change the logo. Um, or did they? Did they change it in 92? Sort of. So they, they Was just, that 2020? <clears throat> 87. In 22, they zoomed. <laughs> okay. So if you're not looking at this logo, again, please feel free to click on the link that we provide in the show notes. The 1987 logo is apparently a mermaid doing the splits. Um. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> it's like, like a Pocahontas meets a very Little flexible mermaid. mermaid. Um, and then they kept the word mark and zoomed in. So it's not like a crotch shot of the splits. It's just kind of, <laughs> kind of like, oh, here's a more appropriate version of the mermaid. And then the current logo is instead of the mermaid was or the siren rather was yes, siren, siren. black yes. and white with the word mark being green and white. The, now the word mark is gone. The siren, the mermaid, you just kind of see her from like, we'll call it navel up is green and white. Um, still doing the splits though. Yeah, so, so she's not lost flexibility in 35 years. <laughs> so all of the, um, that logo, the logo that's on their site today, they changed it in 2011 to that. Uh, wow. which is, so it's, I've, I'm, I've, I'm doing back and forth between several different sites. So it looks like they didn't, they, I'm looking at it. Uh, I don't even think they zoomed in a, a little bit, but either way, right. It, if I'm correct, and this is where I was going with this, I could be wrong, but from what I can tell, I am correct. And in 2011, they changed it to the logo that is in existence today, which brings into question what, what did they change with this Starbucks creative expression? Uh, and what they did was, I think it's kind of like they were being, uh, they were congealing all of yep. their, their brand voice and typography into a central resource. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I, I, I'm trying to understand, um, what's the benefit in your opinion? What's the benefit of doing this for an outsider? Because I found part of the, um, Right, like you can, if you've been through the Starbucks Creative Expression page, it it breaks down ugh, all of the fonts that they use and like the colors, uh, and it it's really cool. It's like how often do you get such a, a detailed insight into the the thinking and the 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 logic behind a branding, uh, a brand for any given company? You don't, you don't, and so. Yeah. Um, seeing this as a consumer, not an investor, I can disclose, uh, it's, it's really fascinating. I I don't think it, I would buy Starbucks in a pinch anyway. I make my own coffee at home. Uh, but if I'm out and about, I would probably go to Starbucks unless there was like a close local shop primarily because of the reasons you mentioned, you know what you're going to get. It's consistent. They use the same machines at every location. The beans are largely the same at every location. Um, I think there are some distinctions for different parts of the world because it's impossible to get all the same beans everywhere at the same time no. at the same freshness, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but like usually when I, it's almost like a branding guide. It, it, this document, this living, breathing creative.starbucks.com document, it, it almost reminds me of things that companies, organizations, schools, businesses use internally to make sure that everybody is following the right guidelines when they're creating X, Y, and Z for external consumption or even internal consumption. Uh, but so it's just really interesting to see this like externalized for, for consumers or potential investors, you know, <clears throat> so I sent you a link a second ago. Yes. Um, and I think that one of the things that's missing a little bit from the story, such as we are reading it is that in 2008, there was a rebrand, a big rebrand. Um, <clears throat> now the original Starbucks logo, the original, the 1971, not the 87, was kind of brown, um, and 
it it had a much more almost like you know apple had the kind of the art like woodcut version of their logo mm -hmm. this mermaid in this was coffee tea and spices of starbucks apparently it sold spices um 2008 they went very closely back to that um it almost looks like a cigar ring though um and it's a dark brown uh with white and a very kind of almost illegible siren um, and this was their 40th anniversary. So the, the ostensibly the idea being that this was, Hey, this is what we're going to be doing for a rebrand. And then this particular thing that I'm reading this from a, a website called taylorbrands.com. Um, they were like, Oh, this is a big screw up. And I think that <clears throat> if you go from the 92 logo to the 2011 logo, there's a big question of why, like you're asking Jordan. But I think if you go with that 2008, that's in between all of a sudden you realize why because that's a crappy logo. <laughs> I mean, they're trying to do the retro thing. I, I suppose it just does not work. Yes. Uh, and I think there's one thing that for our listeners that are not viewers or have not had the time to like pull up the logo. And I'm wondering just like uh, on the aside, whether this is a factor or not, I do not know. Uh, but the original logo in 71, uh, this siren was uh, exposing herself, exposing her, her, her breasticles. Um, and <laughs> they brought that back in 2008 for their 40th anniversary. Right. Uh, I, I don't know if, if that had anything to do with that. I mean, how many logos do you know that are in existence today with nudity, even if it's artistic? I can't say I, I only know like any. seven. Only like, so yeah, just the only the seven brands you own, like your car. Your, That's right. Your sneakers. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> That's what I do, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I can understand. Okay. Listen, probably more than anything it's the fact that they ditched the green right that i mean it's it's so iconic right yeah but i part of me has to wonder if if um i mean 2008 was before a lot of trending movements right i believe that was before me too um but it was also they 2008 they picked an interesting year i guess they didn't pick it so much as it picked them because it was their 40th uh, but 2008, as we've mentioned on prior episodes, was in the heat of uh, the Great Recession, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so maybe that maybe that had something to do with it. I can't say. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, sometimes, as we've talked about recently, people when there comes these downturn or big shakeups, that people are like, "Oh, we're going to use this as a we're going to use this as an opportunity to make a pivot," but. Moreover, people, in my opinion, consistency is one of the things that you should be really be focusing on during that time, I think. Um, and if you could have consistency where there's a callback, and I guess there's a callback from their original logo to that one. Mm -hmm. um, it's not, I don't think it's effectively as strong as they might want. So I don't know. I don't know. Who can tell? But I like where they're at now. It's yes. good. Uh, and at Christmas, it better be red. That's all I have to say. <laughs> or I will cut you. <laughs> <laughs> um let's do one more oh so sure there, yeah what you got more, there are two more on this but this one i'd like to talk about is GoDaddy, and this one is directly in, uh, in in our space i'm gonna read the thing and then we're gonna have we're gonna bash the crap out of GoDaddy. don't make me talk about them i will talk about them <laughs> okay GoDaddy, a web hosting service founded back in 1997, GoDaddy was indeed in need of an upgrade. In early 2020, they did just that, creating a brand new logo, refreshing their website design, 
and creating new marketing campaigns to match the new look. Their design page reads, a quote, a, brand, a new brand for a new era, close quote, and focuses on how GoDaddy's users, the everyday entrepreneurs, inspired the new look. One of GoDaddy's most striking changes is the new logo, de deemed the Go. Um, GoDaddy believes the Go represent. Isn't that a Charmin thing? <laughs> They're like, enjoy the Go. I swear to God. <laughs> I'm serious. If you look up enjoy the go, it's a Charmin. I think it's a Charmin thing. Um, the but go represents three squares. Okay. Yeah. The go represents the indomitable spirit of everyday entrepreneurs, joy that entrepreneurs everywhere experience and a continuous overlapping stroke in the logo, which symbolizes the connection of all that all entrepreneurs share. GoDaddy's new design uses bold, colorful visuals, hand-drawn illustrations, and a bold serif font evokes a sense of inspiration and joy. GoDaddy's brand voice, depicted in, a recent, in recent campaigns, aims to be casual, human, and friendly. While some brands might need less of a full makeover, GoDaddy's older image felt outdated and less cohesive. Their brand reflects the modern tastes, personalities, and needs of the GoDaddy user in 2020. So, Jordan, before uh, yeah, okay. I go off on this. <laughs> listen, listen <clears throat> GoDaddy, I've had the, whatever the opposite of the word pleasure is, I've had that uh, as my experience with them every single time. And listen, I will try to take this back from being personal. Um, <clears throat> I don't, I didn't like their old logo and I don't like their new logo. The old logo, uh, I know for those of you that they can't see it, it's not even being shown on this page, um, but it was, it's, yeah, I mean, I can't, or is that even a font? It looks like somebody just like tried to paint, um, with like the tip of an eraser, uh, that they yeah. dipped in ink over and over. And it, and it has like this line drawing of a human and humanoid with green glasses and orange red hair, or it could also just be fire coming out of their head and like a star on like their temple. Uh, it's like their kid drew it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in Microsoft paint. Um, and <laughs> needless to say, yeah, I think the new logo is better, but I, I, when I, when I see it from a distance, uh, it kind of looks like a heart. Um, and, and maybe they were going for that. Um, yeah. please love us again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, needless to say, I guess I shouldn't get too wound up in that. I, I have to wonder though, if this pivot, um, so many times when a company tries to rebrand, uh, at least in many cases, it's so that they can escape something negative, mm -hmm. right? Burberry was trying to, trying to escape the tumultuous affair, the love trial that they had with, uh, you know, sending out their, selling their licenses. Uh, and that created, unfortunately it led to like people associating hooliganism with them in so many ways. GoDaddy was also, um, seen as being a highly sexualized uh, company, at least as in terms of their like marketing campaigns. I don't know if anybody remembers uh, like Danica Patrick. The oh yeah, I think I can't. I think it was after she became a NASCAR uh, racer. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was just it's just highly sexualized images, and I, that wasn't just that wasn't the only example. This was many years ago. I, I actually I think it was. Um, yeah, it looks like in 2013, they announced that they would no longer produce sexually suggestive ads and would instead focus on promoting their services to small businesses. So if they made that 
determination and broadcast that in 2013. Seven years later, they rebrand. Maybe there's no correlation, um, but either way, I th- I think that's all I have on this. Okay, so <clears throat> my thought on this: Look, we are a marketing agency. Part of my job, what? No, my job is sales. Um, and I have lost <laughs> many a deal because of freaking GoDaddy, and and here's why: One, from a re well. From a rebrand perspective, I don't hate it. I think the logo, it is, I mean, it's obviously a G and an O, and they just kind of rotated them out by 10 degrees each, give or take, so it does form a heart. Um, I didn't notice until it, we read that that it said go, <laughs> but whatever. Yeah, neither, I thought it was GD. Yeah. <laughs> Might as well be. Um, but I don't I don't hate the rebrand. And, and moreover, if you look at some of their collateral, uh, the rebrand is more clean. It's a little more it's reflecting kind of some modern web design uh, as opposed to like you said, line art that somebody's third grader drew. Um, So there's that. I think that what I am certain I would love if, if you can find a statistic on that, I bet you there's a high correlation in my, the why that I, I hypothesize that is because they took and instead of making this, you can have a website, bro, all raw, MMA, hardcore wrestling, kick me in the head, whatever. All this, I like MMA for the record, so I'm not trying to <laughs> dig on MMA. UFC 285, Kona. But it was very type A, and that's fine. Um, now it's much, it's a little softer, and it's more, almost more professional and scaled down, and their imagery and all these things are people actually working. I like that. Um, but that said, and I'm, I, I'm not, if you earmuffs kids, I'm not trying to be an asshole when I say this, but their products are garbage. <laughs> it's garbage. Okay. If you're going to register a website, a domain, fine, whatever. I mean, even that <laughs> email Brandon at <laughs> Please email me. Um, but fine because there's not much service required with that right i mean it's just kind of like it's just update your i can every now and then that's pretty as much long it. as the credit card is up to date yeah you're fine <laughs> it's hard to screw that up um fine and they and they even have reseller services which we can talk about also but but the real problem that i run into is that they sell their product in terms of a website builder seo that comes along with it and they're basically they're their marketing services and sometimes they'll just do like an automatic wordpress install which is fine if you're doing that on one of their hosting services but their hosting services are crap it's bad it's just not good maybe if you have a vps a virtual private server but even then you're still on their servers it's so i'm not trying to dig on it what i will say is that i would bet that their rebrand has worked because there are people that go, oh, I already have a site on GoDaddy. And I cringe every time because I know what they're getting. Their site speed is going to be terrible. If it's built on whatever, I think GoDaddy builds on React or something like that. If it's built on their site builder, which is not WordPress, it's never going to do anything. So, uh, you know, I, I just, I come, I'm trying to separate my brain from the mm-hmm. the rebrand and the brand from the product and i just can't um i imagine that the product 
or the rebrand has gone a long way to selling a lot of that product. I don't think it's worth it. Kudos to them for having a, in my opinion, a decent rebrand. Um, I like, I, I think it's great that they went more toward the entrepreneurial side. Uh, I'm sure that that resulted in popped up revenues, but <laughs> the product, it's like, it's like if you, uh, let me see. It's like if you put um, some really cool clothes on Adolf Hitler, it's still Adolf Hitler. Don't put lipstick on that big. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not trying to compare GoDaddy to Hitler. <laughs> Good Lord. Sorry. That's probably a bad one. Mao Zedong. <laughs> Stalin. Yeah. Pick another tyrannical <laughs> evil person who killed millions and millions and millions of people. Mao. Pol Pot. You know, <laughs> yeah. give him a little emo haircut, little bangs over here and pretend that he didn't kill a bunch of Cambodians. And, you know, it's still the same dude that killed a bunch of Cambodians. Anyway, I digress. Jordan, L- thoughts? Listen, I think <laughs> the internet is abound. We are abound individually. Everybody I talk to, whether it's been a client or a friend, yeah. I, I have, I, I, and listen, I will caveat this by saying, Usually when people have had a bad experience, they're more likely to tell you that that's mm-hmm. a personal opinion. I think there's stats to back that up. But the bottom line is I have really only heard negative things about GoDaddy yep. and uh, except for maybe the price. Uh, and it could be a perfect example, poster child, if you will. GoDaddy is the poster child of you get what you pay for. Yeah, um, and, and maybe the mediocre services, you know, maybe, maybe the fact that they, um, there's such a lack of flexibility in their web designer tool. There's um, there, maybe that would be okay, except for the fact that their support is also terribly lackluster. Um, and if, yes. if one of those two things was just in its prime, I would say, yeah, you know, they, that's okay. But because they, they both kind of drop the ball. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I would never recommend them to anybody of you currently using them, please, please switch. <laughs> We'd be happy yeah. to help and uh, I, or and figure I, it out. Uh, please just whatever you have to. And I will say kind of to your point, I think like <laughs> I'm looking at their managed WordPress ultimate, which is probably on par with what we, with what we would, um, I'm looking at their kind of the scope of that. It's probably on par with what we would sell as our basic server i would imagine give or take and they're charging 19 bucks a month well and we're what 10 bucks more than that a month or something like that 20 bucks a month or 30 bucks a month total whatever it is doesn't matter the point is that you can put 20 bucks a month 18 bucks a month into something that's bad or you can pay 10 dollars a month more is 120 dollars worth a much better product at the end of the year i mean and in my opinion, yes. And if you saw kind of some of the the horror stories at the back end of what they offer, it's anyway. I I don't mean to knock on GoDaddy, but I will also say that they've they've really they've done a good job of leaning into those things and producing these things that are more geared toward business. And they have reseller, by the way. So when you buy a domain, by the way, from somebody like Domains Price Right, look, they're selling a domain for a penny, George. A penny. <laughs> sure. A penny. <laughs> jordanspencils.com they took it oh. from domains price right guess what you know who domains price right is <laughs> it's GoDaddy. it's GoDaddy. <laughs> it's some guy who bought domains price right.com 
and for 250 bucks a year, plus a percentage of whatever they sell, they are a reseller. Then they market themselves, they sell it, and they're like, we're the premier. You can look it up. Wild West Domains, I think is another one. <laughs> Let's look it up. Wild. They're countless. <laughs> yeah, they're countless of them. We could have one that is Jordan's <laughs> Domains. I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah, no, we should. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying, okay, no, that's not it. Okay, so domains price right. I'm going to yeah, find jordanspencils.com is available. Yeah, is it? Ooh, of course. <laughs> domainspriceright.com <laughs> and it's like, look at this. You could get a, a new.com for 12.99. Hey, and they even have a phone number that's 24-hour customer service. And never mind the fact that it's the same, it's in the same exact area code as GoDaddy's customer service. Forget that. Just look past. It doesn't matter. Anyway, Disregard. I'm not trying to. I feel like I'm not just digging no, on GoDaddy. For it's the okay. Of it. I, I th yeah, we could we could jump we could jump away from this. I mean, if you don't already know that by now, and you use GoDaddy, you'll find it out. Um, you'll find out. And when you do, call me. Call me. We'll call him. Yes. <laughs> call me, please. That's yeah, a great. Uh, Anywho, that's rebranding. Successful rebrands. I, I really do think GoDaddy's, I know it's their thing is a bit like, what the hell is that? I don't mind it. Like, it's way better than their original <laughs> yeah. logo. Yes, if we're being relative, absolutely. And it does make you wonder about it, the, right? It, it makes you think about it. Yes, the first logo was like, Brian, Brian, <laughs> go over there, set your hair on fire, drink 12 Bud Lights. That's what it looks like. And put on yeah. these sunglasses. That looks like a logo drawn at spring break in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying at Daytona beach on the MTV beach house <laughs> with <It's> like <laughs> that Jesse guy, Jesse camp from who wants to be a oh, DJ. Yeah. That guy. I was just thinking. Wow. That. Yeah. Poor dude. <laughs> Total burnt out. Good Lord. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Good times. Great well, times. Yes. Jordan. Yes, sir. I love our talks. I can't wait for the next one because I don't know what we're going to talk about on the next one. I don't know, but it's not going to be rebranding. <laughs> it's not going to be rebranding. It'll be, I, I have some ideas. I'll run them by you. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Again, over my head. Yes. Um, Anything else you would like to say, sir? No, thank you again for uh, for listening and watching and reading all the things that you do. The Mondo Solution, we're here. There's a reason we're called the solution, right? Yes. We're, we're here to help elucidate, to help bring light to some of these things. And uh, I'm so glad we were able to put the bookends on this rebranding story. Boom. Please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, click the notification bell on YouTube. Oh, any place you're listening to this, you could probably just hit the subscribe button and you just will hear the next just one. Just do it. Do it. All the cool kids are doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I learned it from watching you, okay? <laughs> All right, Jordan, episode 14 of the books. Thank you, sir. All right. <laughs> Peace. Bye. <laughs>